Welcome to the excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. Hey, Nora, how are you doing? I'm great, Bill. How are you doing today? Good, doing well. I think uh, we've got an interesting topic for today. We absolutely do. Yes. And you know what it is? Oh, do tell. Okay. So this is about teaming animals with technology. Okay. All right. I like it. Right? And so you don't know what I'm talking about yet, which is great. So Not necessarily, but as soon as you said that, it made me think of that AI generated picture that you did with a dog and an exoskeleton. And that's that's what I'm thinking about at the moment. But keep going. We'll see if that's what it actually is. That's a good place to kind of start. So I'll give you a little bit of history here. Uh, In my past, I I worked in uh, uh, the security world. And one of the jobs we were doing... Uh, I was uh, in charge of the uh, canine detection teams. And the canine detection oh. teams, they uh, detect explosives and, and other things. Uh, and, you know, the teams were basically, they guard different sites, you know. And so one of the challenges with the canine is, you know, a good canine works, especially when it's hot, can work about 45 minutes, round about okay. that time, and then needs to take a break, right? And so you have to rotate mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, the opposite side of that is you have technology sensors and stuff like that. But the sensors also require some care and feeding by the people to work them. Some are right. automatic, some are not. Like think of the airport, you know, at the airport like TSA, you know, they actually have to swipe your bag. It's not like the sensors are just going to, you know, automatically pick Do something right. right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so either way, there's, there is some effort put in, whether it's by the dog and the dog handler or by a person and the technology. And we were, you know, and this was many years ago, but we were thinking about, is there a way that we could sort of combine these two things where, you know, mm-hmm. you could start putting some, some sensors on the dog and, and combining the information from both sets together, right? You know, fusing right. yep. the information together, making them greater in the whole. And so, you know, when Absolutely. you started talking to me the other day about, you know, up in Pennsylvania, they've got this, you know, escape convict, I'll say, running around <laughs> and they're and they're and they're trying to, you know, use every resource and stuff to kind of find this person. And, you know, OK, are they using what are they using? Are they using dogs? Are they using drones? Right. Or what, what are they doing? And so. So it's, yeah, so it's been a very interesting almost week, actually. I think it's a week tomorrow and that this individual escaped um, from a local from a local prison here in Pennsylvania. That's not too far, actually, from my house and, and different streets that I typically use are shut down. But the the situation, Bill, that's interesting is that this individual, you know, when you think about Philadelphia, you don't think that it can be a wooded, dense area. Right, you, right. you typically think like it's suburb streets. Well, 
And the area in which this individual is is supposedly in is a very highly dense area. Mm. And the you know the police officers and the and the responders that are actively uh, searching for this individual are using a whole bunch of different technologies, everything from you know manpower right right to trying to surround the individual with with cops they were originally around the two mile radius thinking that yeah um to helicopters and drones really been using drones yeah they've been using drones which has been really cool and uh but they indicated so one of the questions that people have constantly been asking is why aren't they using more dogs, more canine units. Right, and exactly. The the weather right now, um, unfortunately, we went from beautiful fall weather to back in the 90s, high 90s, air right. quality issues, pollen issues. It's hot. So the dogs can only work um, so long. Yeah. The dogs can only work so long. And because it's a highly dense wooded area, even the, uh, the responders and the police are having trouble getting through through the actual wooded areas. So in that case, even the dogs can't get through. But what about, wait so, a minute, what about, what about uh, something like, um, you know, those robot dogs like Spot and stuff like that? Could they get something like that in there? So that's kind of what I was thinking about this morning, right? Is whether or not they would be able to get a spot in. And I think in this instance, from my lack of knowledge really honestly but my perspective is just an individual in the area i think that having spot would be a great opportunity for surveillance right Right. to be able to go up and around that two mile radius um because right now police are using uh the the residents ring cameras oh right right for surveillance right uh so but it because of the pop the dense um wooded area i don't believe that spot would be able to get in due to potential tip over or you know swampy areas you're getting stuck in the mud or something like brush right so i do so like we've said before there are definitely situations where you can implement emerging technology but doing it in an in in a way that makes sense right so for spot Mm. absolutely being able to be that walking video you know, right. camera right. to be able to detect and to see and to, because it's hot, you know, these right. poor police officers and they're dressed in, you know, all black. They oh yeah. They got their tactical their, gear you know, and stuff. They've right. got their tactical gear on. Um, and again, we're coming up on a week now that this has occurred. Right. Now emerging technology has absolutely helped them. Like something as simplistic as a Amazon or a ring doorbell. Right. People have been able to check their video surveillance and say, hey, like we spotted him here and it's been able to help with the with the search. But it's been very interesting. Yeah. Um, and you know, this it's also interesting is like so I was talking to some individuals. We went to uh, this public safety robot um, conference uh, down in Texas. Uh, this uh, was it earlier this year. Yeah, it was earlier this year, and uh, it was great. And we were we were talking to some of the first responders uh, about uh, you know robot dogs and drones and all that kind of stuff. And you know, law enforcement has had some trouble with using the the robot dogs and stuff 
just basically from a, a public perception type of thing is that, of you, know, you know, people are scared what the, the police are going to use for it. And then I talked to some other folks that were in the fire community and they've had a great uh, experience using the dogs because they did a, a basically a whole outreach campaign around the dogs and what they told the public what they were going to be used for, painting them fun yeah. colors and all that kind of stuff. So planning. Right, 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 right. Planning. Right. But, you know, when you get in these really emergency type situations like this, if you don't already have the technology, it's hard to deploy it right away. Right. You know, of course. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, you have also the perception of the individuals that are living in the area, right? Yeah. So I'm on I'm on social media. I follow a couple groups that are local to me. And of course, the comments are going crazy about, you know, where this individual has been suspected to be seen and additional information and who to call. Well, they have been talking about how it's been interesting that the noise from the helicopters, right? If you're not used to constant circling helicopter right. noises, um, a lot of what people were saying was it, it was scary. Like it was intense. Now everyone has seen a helicopter before. Right. But put into a specific situation such as these, it may it gives off a different perception, right? There's a right. different perception when you see just like a helicopter, right? A helicopter flies over the beach when you're at the ocean. It's like all cool, right? Everyone's like, oh, look at the helicopter. Everybody wait, right? Right. Um, in this situation, it's, oh, no, there's a helicopter. There must be something going on in the area. Like, I need to get inside and lock my doors. Right. And I'll give you so, another one. So same yeah. thing. We've had this in our neighborhood. We have, you know, uh, a neighborhood social media uh, account. And some people yeah. have put on there. hey, you know, is someone flying a drone over in the neighborhood? And what's mm -hmm. going on? And blah, blah, blah. You know. Nobody's worrying about that if police are out there searching for an escaped convict. But if if right. that's not happening and all of a sudden you see a drone fly over your house, now people are like, hey, what's going on? What's what's you know, what's somebody right. doing? Are they spying on me kind of thing? You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what I've been seeing, you know, in these in these um, Facebook groups that I'm part of is individuals saying things like thank goodness they're they're bringing in drones and, right, and i'm so right. glad to see that they're utilizing like x y and z that are emerging technologies that typically people may not be excited about right. in different situations um but i wanted to come back to the animals utilizing emerging technologies Correct. so if if an of course like an animal it sweats its sweat glands are are on the outside so it sweats by panting and it comes out through like their fur and their skin and and right. so you know i was thinking about dogs in this instance and whether or not exoskeletons would be able to be used in a situation like this um and it's more of just a question because i don't know if this is something that would be a good area in which you would utilize an exoskeleton on a dog when it's so like it's very hot out it's in right. it's in terrible conditions but then we also think about the users of exoskeletons being over you know in combat in hot areas well, just so on, i wanted to get just your, in, your take Bill. just on a construction site or anything like that right so right. yeah so there was some uh initial development uh years ago uh from a group a company uh, of 
I believe it was a startup company, and they were looking at exoskeletons for dogs. And then specifically, it was okay. for dogs that were, they either had or had a um, high likelihood that they would have hip dysplasia, you know? Okay. And so it was more of a, a I'll say a therapeutic slash preventative exoskeleton versus a enhancing augmenting type exoskeleton, right? Got it. And so okay. I haven't seen anybody kind of take that next step of like, how do we make the dog better with mm-hmm. the exoskeleton? Now, what I would say in, in this situation is, you know, for especially for dogs and for tracking type dogs, you start you start easy, which is let's strap on uh, a camera onto the dog so that I can see what the dog's seeing. Let's start there. And then let's let's see what other sensors we can put on there that's going to, you know, at least feed back to the the handler and stuff like that, uh, you know, some information. And then, you know, the next place to go with that is like, okay, this is giving me information back to the handler. What can I do to help the dog? And that's where you get into, okay, is there sensors I can give the dog that will help them? Is there something like an exoskeleton I can help the dog to be able to do something it can't do right now? You know, all those right. kinds of things. So, but that's, you know, that's a, a place I don't think people have gone yet uh, with that. No, but it's, it a, it's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I was just thinking about it from different areas of emerging technologies. And, and you know, people were reporting that due to the heat and every all the other conditions that unfortunately the dogs are only allowed to be deployed for about 45 minutes and then right. they have to come back in. Right. But also, I mean, just the the men and women that are working, you know, tirelessly around the clock, uh, I can absolutely see where certain emerging technologies, you know, I started laughing thinking about University of Central Lancashire and how they developed the chairless chair. Right, right. I am sure that there are some uh, some individuals out there right now that could absolutely be utilizing the chairless chair in this situation. <laughs> right, right. You know, having to be able to take a rest when there's nothing else around. You know, that's Right. Yes, yes, cuz you know, it for most things this this individual is is only moving at nighttime, but they still have to have a secure perimeter up. So I'm sure during the day, even though there's still patrolling and, and, you know, walking around that there are definitely technologies out there that we can utilize. And I'm sure the, the drones are helping with thermal detections and everything else, which is just incredible with the emerging technologies, what they can do nowadays, but all very interesting right. items. Seen. And, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of room for research in this area. And, you know, sort of like what we were, we were talking a little bit before the podcast today, you know, one of the things we're trying to get to for these emerging technologies is it's not just standards where you can test the different technologies and, and get some information, which is great. Uh, but we also mm-hmm. want to get to the place where we can test them to uh, so, some performance and safety specifications where they can get certified, certified that they can do this, you know? Yes. And it's funny, it's like you sort of have that in, I'll say, in the canine world where, you know, people, dogs get certified. They're certified as explosive detection, certified for drug detection, certified for search and rescue. You know, there is certifications in that kind of world. And it's and I and I say and I say the canines, the dogs, it's really the canine and the handler because they are Mm -hmm. a team. And that's of course. 
And that's that's an interesting thing that we're starting to see more and more, not just in this situation, but even in industry and a lot of other places is it's more about the teaming of technologies and teaming of the technologies with people versus the technology or the person or the animal, in this case, by itself. And that's that's where it's very interesting. And there's a lot of opportunities and you know, it's a it's some interesting challenges also from a t- standards perspective of like, okay, we need to look at this as a team versus a singular piece of technology. Yeah. How do we do that, right? Absolutely. And you know what? The first thing that I, that came to mind when I was thinking about this was our our standard on uh, confined space, right? With exoskeletons. Um, <clears throat> now, mainly when we did the test method, we were utilizing confined space in a construction environment like a manhole situation right right? but this area that these individuals are working in can absolutely in certain aspects be identified as confined space and if you're not actually testing with the user with the materials that they will be wearing and their uniform and and all of their tactical equipment it you know it's really really needs to be done properly Right. As we get closer and closer to that certifications and training. Right. Um, you and I, Bill, have talked about that all the time. You know, training, especially in these areas, uh, is really, really, it's dynamic and it needs to be done. It needs right. to be done properly. Right. And that's, that is the other thing people sometimes miss out on is, is they see this, oh, why aren't you using this cool piece of technology that would absolutely fix this situation for you? So somebody may have in their mind some piece of technology where they're saying, oh yeah, you could totally find this person in five minutes if you use this. Well, one thing is law enforcement may not have the technology. Even if they have it, they may not be trained on it. And so they may not be able to use it. And then the the other thing that comes into a law enforcement environment they may not be allowed to use it from yes. public policy. So there, yeah. there's yeah. all these things that come into play that you have to think about when you say, oh, just use this kind of thing, exactly. right? Exactly. It's like, it's like each, each exo technology, each emerging tech, not, or emerging tech for you know layman's terms, needs to come with its own resume. Yes. Proficient right. in <laughs> confined space, right, uh, right. ladders, right. stairs, crawling, and, you know, I, I say that, laugh, you know, jokingly, because one of the things that I always remember putting on your resume is what are you proficient in? Right. 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 Back in the 90s, the 80s and 90s, it was like, you know, Microsoft Word. Excel, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so absolutely. It, it, unless you're testing these emerging technologies and you're also training the individuals that are going to use them. The you know the technology is only as good as the person who is going to actually implement and use it. Right, right. And uh, making sure that they both are at the same quality, so to speak, is just. I mean, it's just really important. Yeah. Really important. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's funny. It, it reminds me of like one of the big success stories in I'll say the urban search and rescue world around robots was the the sort of. I say it was a sort of happy discovery, but people put a lot of effort in this. Of They discovered that they could use the test methods, ASTM test methods that they were using to test the robots with as actually training tools to train new operators. 
So, oh, interesting. So they would take a very experienced operator of a robot and have them go through the test method and mm -hmm. they could see how the robot performed and how fast they did and all that kind of stuff. And then you bring in a new operator and you see how close they can perform to an experienced one. And that was your training oh. metric. And that was like, wow, that's a that's such an innovative way to use standards and te standard test methods to help with the training side of things, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that absolutely is. And I think that is a fantastic way to do it. And a lot of the times, uh, that's a lot of the times how standards get developed too, is we have more senior PhD, uh, vice president, senior, um, senior individuals who are hands-on with exos, you know, 20 plus years writing these standards. And then you get someone who's newer, right? Like right. fresh out of college and they join the committee and they ask a question that everyone just, and I've seen it happen before, right? They all just kind of stop <laughs> yeah. and they think about it and they go, you know what? They have a really good point. Right. And it always comes back to asking yourself, who are you writing the standard for? Who should be able to pick up and read it? Right. And making sure that that standard then accommodates that level of understanding. Like if you feel that anyone should be able to pick up the confined entry right. standard for exoskeletons and be able to read it and understand it, it needs to be written that way. Right. And, you know, so it's really funny that training yeah. in that instance was also done that way. It's, it seems very simplistic, but it is, it is dead on. So right. And, and I could totally see like the confined entry one would be a great, uh, a great one to kind of try this out. You take someone who is uh, very experienced at confined entry mm -hmm. and experienced also doing confined entry in an EXO, you know, they, they can do right. this really well. And then you have the new people who are learning how to do confined mm -hmm. entry you compare those two and now you can see how right. that training is is impacting their ability and how they're leveling up. That would be really kind of cool, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I think it would be, I mean, for you and I to sit back and watch, I think it would be really great. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> if they wanted somebody that didn't know what the heck they were doing, you know, put me in the XO yeah. and send me in the confined entry. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I would absolutely volunteer to do that because that would, I mean, that's what I love about the emerging technology area. You know, it's very interesting to learn about, but I, I find it fun, right? Uh, which is, you know, really, really key. And I hope that people's perceptions start to turn more towards, towards um, acceptance and seeing the the different qualities that it allows and the different opportunities that it allows and they start seeing it more in a in a eye of it being cool and interesting. So that's my hope as we move forward here, Bill. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I think there's a lot more to come and uh, we'll have some more interesting technologies to talk about. I hope they catch that uh, person that's on the loose so everybody can be, do as well. be calmer yeah. and everything. And <laughs> you guys can get rid of the helicopters because I know that can be no fun, you know, although yeah. maybe they're blowing away the mosquitoes. So who knows? Maybe there's a benefit yeah. somewhere, right? So, <laughs> I'm sure. but, but it's great talking to you today. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.